Hello, hello. Welcome to episode six of Oh God, It Hurts. Oh God, It Hurts. So good. Or maybe so bad. Uh, this is I don't know. Game. John Cougar Mellencamp never did a song about it hurting so bad. Really? That was someone else. Yeah. Oh. He was only in it for the good hurt. And I think we should honor that. Hmm. I'm going to have to Google and see who wanted the bad hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that may be a little bit relevant to my interests. But yep. anyways, anyway, this is Game Agent E.T. Along with my beautiful and lyrical master co-host. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say my name. <laughs> you gotta say it. I'm sitting here waiting for you to tee tee it off. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's disastrous. I'm sorry. <laughs> our, it's okay. Uh, yeah, our uh, teamwork is a little off today, but Dean this... cut all of this shit. It's terrible. <laughs> okay. You want to reset? You want to reset? No. Okay. No. That's right. the that's the easy way out. Oh, okay. There's no and, easy way out. You know, there's no easy way out. There's no <laughs> shortcut home. <laughs> okay, let me continue. I am JJJ. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> this is such a beautiful start. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yes. Keep continue. Oh. Along for the ride, I am JJJ, aka the Six Button Samurai. Um, from out here in the Sonoran Desert, where the warm winds blow, even in the wintertime. And I'm here in Osaka, Japan, where uh, I guess you can get some octopus balls and put them in your mouth. So good. (laughs) It is. You should try it. It's delicious. They're called takoyaki, but they're taco delicious. (laughs) Not yucky. Delicious. In your mouth. Mm Mm-hmm. Quite good. (laughs) So out here, um, we're getting deeper and deeper into the holiday season. Yes, we are. So around here, that means uh, lights and garland on cactus, which is exciting for people that aren't from here. Um, What else is going on there? Um... Actually, I had tamales for breakfast, and they were delicious. Where did you get the tamales? tamales? I went and got the tamales at a local place called Tanya's that's on Grande Avenue. Hmm. And if you're ever here in Tucson and you want, like, the real thing, um, pretty much just hit up any eatery on St. Mary's or Grande, and it's going to be legit. Excellent. Could you explain what a tamale is, just for people who don't know? Sure. Um, A tamale is essentially um, cornmeal with some kind of core filling. Um, The most popular ones are like red chili beef with a little green olive or green corn with uh, corn and some kind of cheese. They're quite delicious. This is just a the tip of the iceberg, though, with regard to tamales, because there's many, many, many more kinds. But those are the kind that you'll most commonly see. Um, so, yeah, you can, like, 
get a bag of them and put a bunch of them in the freezer and pull a few out and thaw them out and cook them very quickly. And it's, uh, there's these funny signs at Tanya's that say, um, the original energy bar and it's talking about their own tamales, <laughs> which I find endearing. Um, I had no so, idea. Yeah. Yep. So that's one kind of tradition here. Yeah. Um, what's going on with the holidays in Japan, Ed? Well, uh, to explain how we celebrate celebrate Christmas in Japan, um, well, there are lights and decorations, but they're mostly reserved for in the malls and shopping areas and uh, okay. maybe a few restaurants, but hardly in homes. I don't think there are too many people in Japan who celebrate by having a Christmas tree or any sort of decorations. And actually, the main holiday would be New Year's, not Christmas. Mm -hmm. So, but during Christmas, Christmas is more like um, a time where you eat out. Uh, you don't cook at home. You order stuff from restaurants especially fried chicken mm -hmm. and of course uh the most famous uh thing to order is kentucky fried chicken and the way it started i believe is um it's not really uh confirmed because there's a lot of people that say one thing or another but from what the consensus is uh it was thought up as oh well uh we want to celebrate Christmas like Americans, but how do we do that? Oh, I heard that they eat some sort of bird. Uh, I think it's I think it's turkey. Mm. We don't have turkey in Japan. What 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 else can? Oh yeah yeah yeah. What about fried chicken? <laughs> so I believe that's how it came about and also i think the guy oh, one of the executives that ran kfc kind of pushed that as oh no seriously that's what americans do they eat fried chicken it, it, it looks like turkey but yeah it's actually fried chicken <laughs> but yeah. because why wouldn't you if we, you're a marketing executive yeah. at kfc yeah you can propagate this entire myth that you know yeah, and that's how it started, I believe. Uh, I'd have to double-check on that, but from what I've heard, what I've read, that's about how it started. So, yeah. Um, and I have done it before. Uh, I have ordered KFC, uh, I believe it was last year, and I also had Christmas cake, which is another tradition where you go out mm -hmm. to a cake store. You buy, like, uh, either... Well, most people buy a whole cake for their family. Uh, right. But uh, since I'm by myself, I just bought a single slice. So I went to a cake store, bought cake, and I went to look for KFC where I can buy chicken. And I went to, to three different KFCs because the first two restaurants said, nope, sorry, uh, reserve only. So I had to take some train rides to find one that was way out of my way to finally sit down by myself at a KFC uh, that was on the second floor 
uh, all by myself and eating fried chicken and cake. And it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. I you didn't did it. Feel, you didn't feel a, a warm holiday glow? No, I did not. I felt lonely. And also the fried chicken. Feel like... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel magical. And also the French like Captain McAllister when his parents came home at the end of Home Alone. Heck no. Heck no. I felt like dirt. And also the chicken's not so great at KFC Japan. It's usually quite soggy, not crunchy at all. So if you want real fried chicken, uh, either you would get it from the U.S. or, I mean, Japanese fried chicken, karage, would be a much better choice, so. But yeah, kind of onion, quite delicious. Yep, it is, and it's bite size, so mm -hmm. you can eat it within one or two bites for each piece. So I would say, yeah, the U.S. has better Christmas traditions than Japan, but you know the New Year traditions are a lot different here. So I think that makes up right. for it. But anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. So that do you have a favorite Japanese holiday now? Hmm, that is a good question. Uh, I would say if I had to pick, New Year's is pretty good. I mean, visiting yeah. the temples uh, to ring in the New Year are always fun. Mm -hmm. And I remember maybe four years ago, I went all the way up to Kyoto from Osaka to the shrine where actually Star Fox was uh inspired by the people who made Star Fox, you know, the Tory gates, mm -hmm. the long line of Tory gates. Uh, I forget what the name of the shrine is. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't uh, memorize the name, but yeah, I went to that shrine. It was snowing and it was so beautiful. It was a little cold because it's a little bit colder up there in Kyoto than in Osaka, but it was a sight to behold. And I'm glad I went for New Year's. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, but there is a lot to do here in uh, Japan when it comes to New Year's. Definitely shrines. And then uh, you can watch a lot of TV. It's a family oriented uh, holiday. Spend time eating uh, a lot of food all day that's prepared beforehand. So, yeah. Excellent. But yeah. Sweet. Tis the season. So, anyways, why don't we uh, get on? Uh, towards the water cooler okay and uh yeah let's talk about our first topic um so i'm not an ex uh i'm not a halo guy but i heard that halo just came out with its new game called halo infinite i mean i don't have an mm -hmm. xbox but i wish i could play it but yeah do you know anything about this buzz you know, it's been a long time now since a brand new Halo game was like a big deal to me. Yeah. Probably not since um, the push-up days. I'm going to have to say Halo. <laughs> no, no, no. Later <laughs> than that. Later than 2001. I think okay. the last mainline one that I played a fair amount of both multiplayer and the campaign was reach was reach um, that uh so since then obviously there's yeah what 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 system was reach on 
Halo Reach was on the Xbox 360. Okay. And it was it's it's almost more like the the big prequel to the original Halo because it sets up all these events in motion. Um before uh, the Master Chief is thought out. Um, and I remember enjoying it. And by that time, the development cycle on the Xbox 360 was pretty mature. So that game definitely made much more efficient use of the hardware. Whereas like 3 was kind of a launch title and ODST was kind of a side thing. Um, ODST was the interestingly uh, enough. Was that the tactics game? ODST. No, you're thinking of Halo Wars. Ah, okay. ODST was just like a really specific, like side story that, for the most part, it still played like a conventional Halo title, but it was um, it was focused on like these. Uh, I think ODST stands for Orbital Drop Shock Troopers. So they were like a different unit of soldiers in the middle of the Halo universe. Sounds and... like a the Metroid uh, Federation game that was on 3DS that or yeah 3DS that nobody liked. Because, I don't think it was that bad, really. <laughs> but that didn't have Samus at all in it, so people hated it because right. of that. Even though, yeah, uh, from what some people said, if you actually play it, it's actually not bad. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's, you know, general public for you. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I've just been, um, I'm definitely a person now that, like, I don't mind waiting until there's been, like, the first really big couple of patches for a game to get in on something because so often these big games come out and they've got attendant issues with them. Um, I know I just from social media crosstalk, I could see a lot of people were like they were gripey about specific things with the multiplayer component of Halo Infinite that dropped out that uh came out first. And then the campaign proper just dropped this past week. Um seemed to get pretty solid reviews across the board as far as the single player component of it. But wow. um you know. I hope uh, the thing was this whole thing got delayed um, in a pretty big way, and it was quite the quite the topic of conversation a year ago because the first version of it that showed with a trailer had a lot of people going, "What is happening with this? Like, this doesn't look indicative of like a next gen offering at all." Yeah, wasn't so, that uh, supposed to be a launch title? They did the right thing and delaying it. I think it was like a launch period title, if not like a day one thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is definitely, uh, this is an area where having uh, Optimus around would be elucidating because Halo continues to be his thing um, above yeah. all. So, yeah. I mean, it has a good story. I wish I could keep playing it. I mean, one of these days, I would love to get a, the newer Xbox systems just to try it out and, you know, catch up on the other Halo games that 
uh, I missed out on because I haven't played since Halo 2. And I'm sure the store near you has plenty. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Real easy to find an Xbox in Japan, Ed. (laughs) I don't even know if they... Oh, well, you know, to be fair... From right. what I understand, the Series X is actually mm-hmm. selling a little bit more than the Xbox One. So, right. But that's, that's not good. saying much. That's saying, like, oh, well, <laughs> something, we sold something greater than zero. Yeah. <laughs> this month we sold 200 compared to this time uh, when we had the Xbox One, when we sold two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it is. But, I mean, you'd be surprised because, I mean, it's getting slightly into cult status because of the fact that first-person shooters are becoming way more popular in Japan than they used to be years ago. And it's all thanks to games like Overwatch and now Apex Legends and Mm -hmm. other FPSs that are becoming more popular like uh, Fortnite and uh, FU. PG, I believe. So yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? If they market it right, finally, maybe we'll see some competition with the PlayStation Five and the new Xbox. So you never know. But at least they're doing a little bit more. But they need to do a lot more, <laughs> <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. But I just wanted to know. Uh, what was going on with Halo Infinite? Uh, you plan on getting it? Um, yeah. I mean, I think at some point it would be nice to sit down and play a campaign like that because I really have played very little in the way of first-person shooters for pretty much the past decade. I don't Same. think I've played anything in that realm consistently since maybe Borderlands Two. Yeah. Well, oh, that was, and that we're talking about back in like 2013. So, for me, it's been uh, a while. <laughs> for me, it's been a couple years because the last one I played was Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. And I need to finish the campaign on that because Splatoon 3 comes out sometime next year from what the preliminary uh, discussions have been. Uh, the reveal uh, earlier this year. It said sometime 2022, I believe. So, yeah, I finished only half of the normal campaign, and then there's the Octo uh, expansion pack, which is Mm -hmm. a different storyline as well. Uh, I know that I've told you in the past, uh, yeah, you should take a look at this game because it's a unique take on FPSs. And, I mean... Competitively, uh, you know, I am not really that good at that game, but you can still have fun with it. But the single player is also pretty, pretty fun. I would recommend right taking a look. And I know a lot. That's one of those games where a lot of people actually enjoy the way the gyro controls with it. Oh, it's operate. excellent! It's In probably a way the that best. They tend to not enjoy otherwise. Yeah. It's really intuitive, and you'd be surprised how well it controls. It's to the point nice. where you feel like, wow. I mean, I know I'm 
I'm going to hear this from a lot of keyboard and mouse dudes, but I'm like, with this control scheme, it feels really, really natural. And I feel like I have so much control over shooting things, even though I'm not great at the game. I feel like if I hit or miss, it's fair. It's not nice. something I can blame the controls on. So, yeah, definitely give it a try sometime, James. No, I own a copy of Splatoon 2. I just... <sighs> it's in the great backlog. Yeah. It's in the expansive backlog for me mm -hmm. too. So, but yep. I guess uh, we'll have to start tackling it someday. Hopefully mm -hmm. soon. But yeah. Indeed. Um, I think another thing that uh, was recent was the Game Awards. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess uh, some of the highlights. Uh, I don't know if you played this game. I have not. But did you hear about the game It Takes Two taking the top uh, game of the year award? I did hear about that. Yeah. I wish I could play that game. But right. yeah, it's not on Switch. But all right. I know is that Take Two tried to sue the developers of that game because it has Take Two in the title of the game. Mm -hmm. And for that game to win Game of the Year, I hope they can throw that in Rockstar's face. Because <laughs> Rockstar is so stupid and take two for mm. trying to pull that crap on a game that, from what everyone says, deserves game of the year with its innovative gameplay. But yeah, power to the small people. <laughs> power to the little developers, huh? Yep. How it is. Uh, How it should if, be. If not the little publishers, it is published by EA. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but you know, it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, EA should just be like, "Hey, take two, you know, we're you know, two of a kind. Why don't we, uh, you know, little, <laughs> settle this, uh, you know, with a little scratchola? Come on, right? Yeah. <sighs> and uh, finally, uh, I don't know if you heard about this one, but. Uh, did you know that Ubisoft is trying to delve into NFTs? I had their... heard about this. Yeah, they have something called Quartz. And get this, okay? Basically, they're going to do this with uh, Ghost Recon, one of their games, uh, Ghost Recon games. And here's what's going to happen. You can buy gear that's limited edition, right? And get this. Mm -hmm. You could buy the same gear as other people at this time. But, oh, if you look real closely at the gear, you know, you pull out your mm -hmm. microscope or your magnifying glass, it'll have a serial number that's just for you because you bought it. Right? So, mm -hmm. and guess what? Uh, you can keep it for years. And if you decide, oh, I, you know, I, I'm tired of this, you can sell it. So, yeah. And <laughs> I can imagine the dialogue going on with this, like, what you know, two guys saying, oh, oh dude, check, check my gear. Oh, no, I have the same helmet, dude. Look, look. Yeah, but, you know, mine has the number 69 on it, dude. 
No oh, way. Dude. How much you want for that helmet, man? I want a 69 on my helmet. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Dumb, dude. What, what I, do you think I mean, about this, man? What? Why do you need NFTs in gaming? Why? I think the problem right now is that, like, that's still, like, the buzzword of buzzwords right now is just NFTs in general. And I don't know. I mean... I, it's one of those things where, like, I still feel like I don't have enough information to, like, straight up render a verdict on the entire idea. But it doesn't do it any favors when you see, like, a variety of companies attempt stuff like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it just makes it seem deeply silly. Um, I'd imagine something like this doesn't really like it's probably not terribly expensive to implement, but I'm imagining that their thought was like, well, whatever this generates in buzz or people plunking down for DLC, maybe that helps make it worthwhile. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, it just feels like one more thing that's just this intense gold rush by a variety of people. But, you know, it's very weird that, uh, I mean, Ubisoft, it's definitely kind of a mixed bag as things go. Like, they've developed some great games, and they've developed some fairly shitty games. And... <sighs> Yeah. I don't know. It's quite frustrating. I, I, yeah. I mean, it just, it's just one more attempt to stand out somehow, right? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, I heard uh, one kid in what, junior high, my junior high school. He, mm -hmm. I heard him say once, why does a dog lit, lick his nuts? Because he can. Because he can. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all it is because he can. Because Ubisoft can. Right. Why? Because he can. And mm -hmm. to be honest, with NFTs, just in general, the more I hear about it, the more confusing it gets and the more I feel it does not benefit the, the buyer at all. It's just right. a way to make money. It feels dishonest every time anyone tries to put a spin on it. It doesn't matter. It just sounds like it's a way to swindle someone out of their money. And right. it doesn't help that you have something that is artificially, uh, you know, a hard-to-find item. <laughs> it's not. Right. I mean, it, it's nothing. It, it's literally nothing but data that can disappear mm -hmm. along with your money. So, right. I don't care how much toppings you put on this piece of dog poo. It's still dog poo. I'm sorry. Right. It doesn't yeah. benefit me as a buyer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to see how you felt about it. And 
for me. I just yeah. don't think it's something that's even relevant to what we as gamers can have fun with or benefit from. Because I think DLC yeah. is fine as it is. Why would you want to mm -hmm. put a serial number or some sort of scarcity on something that is not going to be scarce in the first place already? I mean, further scarce than what it is if you have something that's DLC, like uh, limited edition, you know? Well, that, I mean, what's, what's really going to be the shelf life of this game anyway? Like... Yep. Will this game still have an active, viable user base in two years? Yeah. The odds are it won't. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. This definitely smacks of a marketing department just taking a real big swing out of pinata to try and generate some added hype for their title. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's it's, what companies do. Yeah. I think it's a, more of a case of uh it's just something that doesn't make sense compared to like oh we're gonna make money off this it's just more like hey we're just gonna add this little buzzword with our campaign and see if that generates right. us more money but uh if you could see the dislikes that the youtube video for the ubisoft's digits and uh explanation of courts had before they took it down or well, the counter for the dislikes down. I heard yeah. it was like 90, 95% dislike. So, yeah. There's your public well, reaction. Good. I mean, yep. People yeah. are people are making themselves heard. This is dumb. Gamers Thanks. are smart. Don't you <laughs> ever ever misunderestimate us. We are smart. S M R T. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, uh, let's take a. What are you quick... playing right now, Ed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, now playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I'm glad you asked because right now, um, I had to get this from the U.S. eShop, but right now I'm playing Hot Shot Racing. Nice. And Hot Shot Racing is a love letter to old gamers like me who liked games like. Uh, Virtual Racing or Daytona USA, Hard Driving. It's a low mm -hmm. poly racing game. And it's really But it moves fun. at a butter smooth 60 frames. Oh, it does. It look it looks and plays really well. Like uh mm -hmm. it looks like uh if you had virtual racing, but it ran so much better and had more polys that are still low polys, but there's more stuff in the background and more stuff going on. It's, right, it really retains that flat shaded look to it. Yep. And as you know, uh I love Ridge, Ridge Racer thanks to you. You introduced me to Ridge mm -hmm. Racer and I miss mm -hmm. playing any game that feels like Ridge Racer and this game is pretty close to Ridge Racer. Um the reason why is because uh the person who developed this game uh he actually uh joined up with sumo digital digital i'm sorry sumo digital who made uh games like uh team sonic racing sonic and all-stars racing transformed 
the Outrun 2 series uh, for home systems, and also they helped co-develop Forza Horizon 4 and 5. So that is an extensive resume to have to Mm -hmm. join up with this guy who made Hotshot Racing and made it even more solid. So I highly recommend this game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been only playing single tracks right now, but I'm looking forward to playing the Grand Prix parts. And also uh, there's a couple other uh, modes that you can play like cops and robbers, which uh, from what I understand is like Chase Headquarters, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I I love me some Chase HQ, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can get this on Steam, Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. And if you want to check out what they're doing next at Lucky Mountain UK on Twitter, uh, you can see they're actually making another game that is uh, another low-poly game, but it's in the vein of Time Crisis and Virtual Cop. So you can see a trailer on that on their Twitter account. So yeah, I, I love it. that like. I love that enough time has passed that now, like, because we've been deluged with indie games that have drawn heavily from the 8 and 16-bit era for a really long time. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's exciting that now hardware is in such a place that you can have these essentially steroidal 32-bit games that draw on the look of games of the that era, but obviously you know, perform at capacities that couldn't have been done in that time. It's glorious, right? So, I mean, yeah, I'm into that. We're we're always into retro remakes, but yeah, it's a great time to be in right now to see these type of games. And who knows, maybe you'll see a virtual fighter type of game from games like uh, companies like Lucky Mountain Games. You know, that'd be super. It would be interesting. It would be really interesting if someone attempted a fighter in that vein because. You know, fighting games have always had that tendency to try and be, like, the most graphically impressive at whatever time they drop. Yeah. Um, Because for a long time, like, they were the biggest moneymakers in the arcades, and then they were also very powerful sellers on home consoles. And so that would be really interesting if somebody tried to do something in the vein of, like, Virtua Fighter or Dead or Alive. A low poly, an older Tekken title, yeah, yeah, because it'll be kind of like in the back in the day where they focus more on the gameplay rather than the graphics because you know the graphics were not so great, so that's what they had to put their efforts on just to make it sell. So, yeah, I hope more companies will do that because now things are much more accessible to developers too. So you got mm-hmm. small companies like Lucky Mountain Games making these type of games a reality. Right. So it's exciting. And the fact that it, even the least powerful hardware of our era, that being the Nintendo Switch at the present time, yeah, is still capable of doing something like Hot Shot Racing yeah. coming along at like a scream in 60 frames a second. I don't know if there's a... I don't know if that one's gotten like a a patch for series x that maybe pushes it to 120 that'd be cool as hell but i'll have to look into that um but definitely check it out if you can no i mean 
for sure. Yeah. I, I gotta um, play that more and uh, the Horizon Chase game that I know you told me to. I to love out. me some Horizon Chase Turbo. Yeah. Um, it's very different than like to me that game feels much more entirely like its own thing. I've been told by others that it most closely resembles actually the Top Gear series. I think the game actually has the same composer. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I never experimented with those games, but Horizon Chase Turbo, I find extraordinarily fun. And that's also a game where I think my completion level of that is sitting at like like 98.5. Like I've just got a little wow. bit more, a couple more gold trophies to nail down in the, hmm. what is it, the world tour mode or whatever it is. Um, that's, that's pretty impressive, to man. Back to. Yeah. It's fun as hell, though. I remember playing it on smartphones a little bit and I got it on Switch, but I haven't had time to hammer it down and, you know, get really into it. But I think now with Hotshot Racing, I'll definitely try to give Horizon Chase another go at it too. So, yeah. But yeah, what are you playing? What are you playing? Um, I, (laughs) I've had kind of a very intense few weeks at work with just a variety of large projects kind of coming to, a climax um but in the small time that i've been able to play some things i've really been going hard on the rom hacks um particularly a bunch of ones that involve um altered palettes by this guy named pyron and the mm. most notable thing he's done is this thing called street fighter 2 remastered it's on the sega genesis So it essentially takes that special champion edition, which I don't know, like I was definitely a super Nintendo person as far as home console versions of street fighter first and foremost. Yeah. Um, And it, you know, a big part of that was just the fact that the six button pad for the Sega Genesis dropped later on. Whereas if you add Street Fighter 2 for the Super NES, you could play that with all six buttons right out of the box. Um, and you had like clear voices, a little better color palette on the SNES, yada, yada. But the SF2 Remastered attempts to fix a variety of things, um, not the least of which are a lot better color palette choices that more closely mimic the CPS1 arcade hardware. Mm. There's also cleaned up voice samples. The music is a little better as well. Um, and it's kind of silly because, like, I'm playing these on the Mister, and on the Mister, you have the CPS1 cores. So obviously, I could play these mm-hmm. straight up arcade versions of those games if I wanted to. But I'm just having this moment of deep gratitude for all these community developers that are still so passionate about these old games. Um, Pyron in particular does a lot of interesting work like this. He's also got a sort of color corrected version of Golden Axe, which actually makes it look a lot more like the arcade game. Um, I don't know. It's to me, it's just super duper fascinating that someone would care that much to fix quote unquote, a game like that that's so old and clearly not 
you know, no one's going to whip out with that at a tournament somewhere. Yeah. But it's, it literally is just for the love of doing something, you know, for the love of like honoring the hardware and going, okay, we can actually do this with this. Um, I don't know. I guess the one thing I'm becoming more and more aware of is just how many of those home ports, like, it wasn't so much that the hardware couldn't do it. It was the fact that these companies were so squeezed to turn these things around in extraordinarily short time that that was actually the bigger foe for these developers trying to make these games as much like the arcade as they could. It was yeah, really I agree more with you. about the turnaround times. So, yeah, these passion I projects. Just, I find that, yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, that people love these games and want to put that much time in. Yeah, I mean, all con- uh, consoles are like a canvas where you're trying to uh, make the most of this canvas, uh, trying to put as much detail as you want or be as expressive as you want, even if it's a tiny canvas or even if it's a canvas that's not a conventional rectangle or square. It's like, hey, you got this? Oh, I can work with it. And they want that challenge because uh, there's no deadline and they love what they're doing. They love the canvas that they're on and they want to show other people, inspire other people to say, hey, listen, look, you know, I mean, yes, this is an old hardware, but Mm -hmm. look at so many untapped things you can do with it. I, I also love to see those type of things and i also noticed that there's games that are coming out 10 20 years later after the hardware has been you know discontinued and they're still making these games that are original and fun and press a lot of the hardware to make it do things that it was (laughs) not intended to do yeah i think it's a beautiful thing i hope it continues until the end of time yeah, I mean I think it I think it definitely will because um like there's probably been more new product in the quote unquote retro category the last two or three years than pretty much at any time since these consoles were actually on retail shelves. You know, yeah, it's I mean, kind of a renaissance analogs line. It absolutely is. I mean, between analogs consoles, um the Mr. Project, um, you know, I'm kind of glad that like the bar for these things is definitely being elevated in a way that it kind of wasn't with a lot of the crappier clone systems that were ending up on shelves. And so. with, yeah, with the uh, FPGA consoles, along with the original consoles, you have a lot more options to play them. So mm-hmm. that's always a great thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to see that. All right, so uh, let's t- <laughs> let's uh, take a quick commercial break. Uh, we're gonna play a very short commercial to pr- to uh, promote one of our sister podcasts on Ruminations Radio Network. If the podcast details pertain to your interests, please do take the time to locate said podcast, as well as many other fun and exciting podcasts, through our network's website at ruminationsradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You know what they all say. 
fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you. You love fantasy football. And you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week, we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates. All right. And we're back. So, James, uh, yeah, I've been listening to uh, some of our sister podcasts uh, recently, uh, especially uh, with, uh, have you seen the new movie Dune? The remake? I have not. I want to. Yeah. Um, quite a few of our uh, sister podcasts, has been, they've been talking about it, like uh, Cinephile, Hissy Fit, uh, Retro Futurist Culture. And uh, I think there was one more. I think a Brevity Box. Yeah, Brevity Box. They were talking about Dune. And, uh, nice. Yeah, I went to see it uh, almost a month ago. And, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know how polarizing it is uh, if people really like it or really don't like it. But to me, I had a lot of fun. Uh, it's a little bit long, but it's fun. That's but, good. Yeah, I mean... Thanks to video games, I actually understood the story because I found out about Dune by playing uh, the old Dune PC game, the real-time strategy game. So, mm -hmm. do you remember that game? I do. Yeah, that game was so much fun. Uh, if you could scrounge that up somewhere, uh, if you're able to play it, please do play it because that is one of the grandfathers of RTSs and... Yeah, I think it holds up pretty well. Um, it didn't hold up well with my computer, unfortunately, because uh, my computer was so crappy. Uh, my brother and I loved playing it, but as we got to the later stages, uh, you know, with all the activity that would happen, it would slow to a crawl until it crashed. And then I remember my brother and I just looked at each other and said, we're not going to finish this game, are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, I don't think I ever finished it, but yeah. That's gonna be a part of the backlog someday. I'm gotta gotta get that game again. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely check out our podcasts. Great podcasts. Yep. Yeah. So now it's time for the big question. All right. So James, you brought up a really cool yeah. question. Uh, uh -huh. I believe your question was. Hmm. Has a video game ever made you do something you're ashamed of? I think that's a pretty deep <laughs> question. <laughs> James, because this is your baby, why don't you start off? Yeah. I want to hear. Okay. Um, I have two offerings in this realm. One I can remember super clearly. The other you're going to have to help me fill in some details on. All right. Now, the first one, oh, um, <laughs> before I was old enough to work, um, you know, this is like fall of 1989, pretty strapped, like, you know, wasn't old enough to get a fast food job yet. Um, I wasn't regularly pulling in the dough from running around the ballpark like a maniac. 
Um, for a time, I was a soda hawker at like these minor league ballpark games, which if you're like 16 and you want to bust your ass for two hours and then go home with 90 bucks, like that's pretty dope. You know what I mean? Like you could pull enough to buy a brand new video game, which at that point in my life was like the most important thing. But that hadn't happened yet. So <laughs> I literally went to the mall with shoe money and I was looking at Foot Locker first and there was this pair of Nike Air Force shoes that I was like, damn, that's a rat. Like, I think I'm going to go with those, right? But I didn't buy them right away. I went to go get food and then I happened to go buy software, etc. And what was brand new on the shelf at software, etc.? Ghouls and ghosts for the Sega Genesis. Mm. So I had a decision to make. <laughs> and it was, I could get some busted ass, much cheaper Nikes and ghouls and ghosts. Or I could get the shoes that I was actually given money for. What did I do? I got the copy of Ghouls and Ghosts and some much shittier Nikes than I had intended to get. Mm. So that's one little nugget of shame. <laughs> well, I think it was a good um, business decision because I, I, mean, I didn't regret it at all. And yeah, it uh, looked amazing. You know, I had, um, I had loose enough, um, supervision that you know this this particular choice was not called into question uh, so I, I do have one question though how were the quality of the yeah. shoes could you explain the quality of the uh well they were just like you know they've always had a variety of price points for like high top sneakers and the ones that I got just, you know, they weren't really cool looking. They didn't have the air. They were just like regular ass basketball shoes. With like the, the, the rubber, the rubber insoles and rubber sole. Yeah. The rubber sole. Sorry. Uh, and it was like what NBA first. players suffered with in the seventies, you know? It's a like probably first... better for my feet than Chuck's, but not by much. <laughs> my first you know? contract shoes by Nike. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. So that's my first Hall of Shame story in terms of a video game making me do something dumb. Um, what's the other one? The other one that I recall, and I'm still struggling to remember the precise details. I remember you and I were playing NBA Street like the night it came out. I vaguely we remember that. Were, and we were so sucked into this, but like then also thrown into like the death grip of like competitive jawing because it was this unbelievably beautiful arcade basketball game by uh, EA Sports Big who, you know, they also created SSX and a number of really awesome games that were, like, the kind of thing you didn't expect from EA at that point because they had pretty much gone to their 
you know, farm it out every year model for all their other sports franchises that like these games were just like this hot blast of creativity. Like, Oh my God. Like they remembered like how to make video games fun again. You know, that's what I got out of like NBA street and SSX, but I seem to recall me getting really angry at you over a game of NBA street (laughs) and like, you would bring it up for a long time afterwards. Like, don't get him angry. Kind of thing. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I know. Maybe I suppressed it for my own safety. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, go on, go on. I want to know. I want to know a little more. That's the, that's the only <laughs> thing I can remember is, like, that was one of those moments where I, like, totally, like, I didn't rage quit, but I definitely raged, and it was not a good thing. It sounds very familiar to the one story you told me about when you threw uh, one of our good friends out of a screen door, out of uh, playing a, was it Battle Tetris Gaiden? Was no, that... no, no, that was over just, that was over just straight up SF2. Oh, okay. You also <laughs> had Battle Tetris, Tetris Battle Gaiden uh, scuffles as well, but... <laughs> no, I never for... got into scuffles no, over that. No, game. I, I, I heard that it got pretty heated, though. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like my best friend of the era, um, his name is Talha. He came to America from Pakistan, like at the age of one, and he was one of five. So he had like a brother that was younger and older than him and two older sisters. So, you know, that dude had to scrap because he had, you know, mad siblings to navigate, which I'm sure you are, you know, somewhat familiar with that concept. Yeah, I am. Um, (laughs) And um, (laughs) he and I just, my God, like I had more fun talking shit back and forth with that guy than any other human being on this planet. And the thing was, he really had a fundamental, like, you know, you can say a lot of things to me and I will 9.9 times out of 10, just parry them or say something even more brutal back. Um, but he really knew how to he really knew how to get under my skin. And so <laughs> with that SF2 incident, like I think literally he just kept saying sexual chocolate over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> like over a period of like maybe seven hours of SF2 matches. So, I mean, this is, like, in the dead of night. I mean, it's, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And the rage was at whatever point, (laughs) right, at whatever point, I believe I just got up and was, like, get the fuck out of my house kind of thing. (laughs) And, you know, I got up in his face and, like, he, like, pushed my shoulder and then I threw back with both arms and he just like popped right out of screen door 
Because, I mean, he was as tall as I was, but I probably had a good 100, 120 pounds on him at that point. (laughs) And then our mutual friend Dave, like, he gets up and he just gets right in front of Talha and he's like, you're not going back in there. (laughs) (laughs) Let the Wookiee win. He's like, don't do it. It's four (laughs) o'clock in the morning. We all just need to go home because this is dumb. (laughs) So that that's a classic story though. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a, 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 a trifecta of uh, me being stupid with video games. Video games do something to us sometimes, man. I, I, I have to admit, uh, I got a little angry uh, with yeah. a certain game. Uh, mm-hmm. If you know this stupid game called uh, Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures on Super <laughs> Nintendo. God, that game is so freaking frustrating. I hate it. Um, mm-hmm. This game, uh, I don't know why it deserves the name Pac-Man 2, because there were so many better games that Pac-Man came out with before this game. But this game, mm-hmm. let me uh, just describe it real, qu- real quick. It's a game where you indirectly control Pac-Man by shooting uh, pellets at him with your slingshot. You cannot control where he goes by pointing, you know, <laughs> using up, down, left, right. No, you got to bring his attention to crap by shooting it or shooting him, whatnot, right? So it's a. You know what's great is just how stupid this is conceptually. Yeah. Like I don't even have the game in front of me, but just as described by you. Yes. In the parlance of the Pac-Man franchise. Yes. That is one of the dumber ideas that I've ever heard of. Yeah. It's like why? <laughs> why do you have to make it so hard? Why do you have to right. make it so nonsensical? It's just. Yeah. Let me control Pac-Man. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Pac-Man is. Go up yeah. by pressing up on the button on the D-pad. Down, right. left, right. Yeah. But no, you shoot his ass. You shoot stupid stuff around him just to make him like go. And he gets manic depressive all the time. It's So, so it's almost like he's one big lemming. <laughs> yes. Because fundamentally, that's what you do in lemmings is that the lemmings are just stupid. And they emerge from one place. And... You are altering the landscape around them to guide the lemmings because they're too dumb to do anything. But Pac-Man is worse, though, because he gets moody. He gets, like, angry if you shoot him too much and he starts stomping off and you can't control him anymore. And then when he gets scared, you can't really control him either. When he gets sad, he gets emo. You shoot him as many times as you want. He's like, no, no, leave me alone. It's so stupid, Right. right? Okay. So, you got that part of the game, but get mm-hmm. this, okay? There was this part in the game where you are on a minecart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know what this minecart level does. I mean, I don't know what the reward is. So, yeah, because this game sucks, I'm determined to find out what's the reward for getting to the end of this mine level. And oh right. my god, out of all the things you could do in this game, this was like the hardest thing you could ever do. I don't know mm-hmm. how I got to the end, but I got so frustrated. I remember playing this for about two or three hours straight. And I was getting more and more 
increasingly angry to the point where I was just throwing my controller on the ground, right? And wow. I did this not once, but I would say over five, six times until I finally broke the controller, right? So that's was this like I, a first party SNES patch? Yes, yes, you know? Wow. And of course, yeah. it comes with two, so thankfully I was still able to play it after I broke the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I sort of calmed down a little after I realized, oh my god, I'm a teen and I just broke my controller and that's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, I, I soldiered on and finally got to the end of the level and you know what happens? You just end up back in your house. Whoa. It's the start point of the oh. game. I did all of that just to go back to my house, which I could have done much easier in the first place. Had I known that that was the result, I would have never done it. But yes, that is on the hall of shame of my video game career. I broke my first and only controller on this stupid game. (laughs) Wow. Don't ever play it. Don't say I I didn't warn you if you play this game. This game is a piece of steaming crap. I'm sorry to go okay. AVGN on you, but don't play yeah. this game. Uh, is, consider this well, a, public, I mean, a public service announcement. Just don't play it. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I, I think you're, yeah. I think you're doing people a solid by warning them. Yeah, but yeah, don't touch it. <laughs> don't touch it. You're just gonna kill your blood pressure. Now, see, the story I remember about you. Yes. <laughs> is the oh, no. time when we were playing some King of Fighters mm-hmm. with our good friend Frejo. Yeah. And after losing a close one to him with your patented girl team, yes. You kicked his joystick. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't recall. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go were, Reagan you were, on you. I'm going Reagan on you. I don't recall. I, like I you were recall. sitting <laughs> cross-legged on the floor. Yes. And then you put the stick down. And the thing is, like, you might not have specifically meant to kick it, but yes. like in the process of getting up and like yeah. moving your legs forward under you, like you totally kicked his stick. And I think um, the only reason it's really stuck with me is because Freya had brought it up a number of times. <laughs> I still remember that. Like I said, I barely... It was Tuesday for me. It was right. just Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, Freyho. I am older yeah. and wiser now, and I would never do that to your stick or your property. I'm sure. I was I'm young sure and knows. dumb. <laughs> Thank you, Freyho. Please for, forgive me. For my stupidity, yeah. my youth, and my stupidity. But yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of yeah, controller you know. stories, you know? Um, I yeah. think, uh, do you remember the time when, uh, you know, uh, Mike had that, uh, that domed controller that just came out by ASCII? And that was the time mm-hmm. when Virtual Fighter 2 was out for Saturn, and we went to our friend Sebastian's house to play it. And he right. was trying out his stick, right? And then yeah. he was playing against the computer. Uh, and mm-hmm. then while he was playing, uh, I believe he took a loss. And then suddenly Mike uh, kind of had this look on his face where he's like, you know, baring his teeth. And then 
he did like this death touch to the dome of the uh controller the the joystick mm -hmm. right and then yeah. it stopped working do you remember that yeah the dim and, mock uh, yeah the dim mock done. right oh my god mm -hmm. and then uh when he opened up the stick he found out that the the board the circuit board was completely broken in half that yep. was amazing <laughs> that's yep. that's my favorite controller story but yeah 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 video games so you got to control yourself uh -huh. they make you do bad you really things. do yeah you got to control your character yeah control your role yeah <laughs> maybe one of these days we need to have a you know aa type of meeting but for people who abuse their controllers and you know just say it's yeah. okay we've been there it's okay mm -hmm. we can get through this don't don't do it again you know it's not worth the money you know save your money yeah they're just the heat tiles through this journey we call life you know they are they are sometimes they they bear the brunt of our frustration yeah in terrible ways but there's more to life than hurting <sighs> controllers absolutely love is the best strength as you said before love is the best strength. love is best love is best strength it is it definitely is great so, question on that note um talking about shame yes. we've got a new segment here on oh god it hurts yes and the core idea for this came from you yes because <laughs> you proposed that we have a place for things that were things or or individuals that we are not happy with, and that would be called the Hertz Locker. Yes, because and uh, upon you suggesting that, mm -hmm. um, I suggested that we also have our Oh God tier. Yes, because we will honor things that make us want to reach a little bit higher in our lives. That's right. But yeah, the oh, oh, the Hertz Locker idea came from when I was uh, watching Demolition Man again, and uh, I think you remember uh, Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's character, John Spartan, was looking for uh, Wesley uh, Snipes' character, uh, Simon, Simon Phoenix. Phoenix, and he was gonna go look for him in the sewers. And uh, one of his famous lines was, "I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna find Phoenix. I'm gonna put him in a Hurt Locker." Mm -hmm. And there, there it was. Yep. The Hertz locker. I think so, it'll be grand. The, yes. So on the oh god side. Yes. Um, it's really the most obvious admittance possible. But this week saw the passing of Nintendo engineer Masayuki Uemura, and his babies were the nes and the super nes so obviously for us um it's an enormous thing yeah it is because um obviously it's a big part of our childhood and growing up and also this was a time where there was that big video game crash where there were too many systems and too many games that were not as innovative and were just more about cashing in on money and names of you know famous titles or famous licenses yeah the business was saddled with trash games at that point yeah and if it were not for the famicom and nes 
we might not have the uh, video game universe that we know and love today. So, and you know, Masayuki Uemura, yeah, you are definitely oh god tier. And you know what? If it wasn't for the Famicom, we wouldn't have Satoru Iwata join Nintendo because back in the day, there was like a chip that was made by Rico, a company named Rico. And mm-hmm. uh, this chip was installed in the, uh, the Famicom systems. And uh, Iwata-san was actually uh, an expert at that chip uh, programming mm-hmm. games for it. So if it wasn't for that, Lord knows if he would have signed on with Nintendo still. Right. So we got a lot to be thankful for the NES and Super NES. And as I said before, um, these systems were like a great canvas that were much better than the other systems that came before it and gave uh, programmers a lot more to work with to make more expansive worlds that looked better and played better and can do more things. So, yeah, if it wasn't for that, who knows if video games would have progressed as well as they, you know, otherwise, if Nintendo was not around. So that's Mm -hmm. how I felt about uh, Masayuki Uemura. Um, He was also a professor in Kyoto at a university called Ritsumeikan. And he was the director mm. of the Center uh, for Game Studies. So if you're interested in uh, more information about Masayuki Uemura, uh, there's a person by the name of Matt Alt that he wrote an article for Kotaku. If you Google that, you'll find a lot of good, interesting information about Masayuki Uemura. I highly recommend it. So. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. God tier. Definitely God tier. Absolutely. Yeah. And on the so, inverse, shall uh, we talk about the inverse now? The short, sure. the Hertz locker. Mm-hmm. I think we're both in agreement. Who gets to be per- put in the Hertz locker? The very first. Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like we shouldn't even mention his name, though. Yeah. Don't give him that. Because he doesn't deserve it. Well, I don't know. He's the guy that runs Activision Blizzard right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's yeah. a known Yeah. 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 Don't even. I I don't I don't want to say his name. Yeah. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But no. you know. He deserves uh, you know, because of his high class living, he deserves a pen out suite in these uh Hertz lockers that we have for him, you know? Because uh I mean, there's a lot of things that he could have done to foster a better working environment in his company, but he chose to ignore it or kind of twist his way out of it. And that's stuff that us as gamers are not very cool with, especially the treatment of others that are working for his company that, you know, do as much as they can to, you know, they're trying to, uh, realize a dream that they have but you know putting them in such conditions and having them work so hard to say oh that's great uh we're letting you go even though we made millions of dollars off you thanks bye it's terrible mm-hmm. just terrible yeah yeah so special penthouse suite for him mm-hmm. would you like All to right, put, 
anything else in the Hertz locker? Or got nah. to you? No? All right. I, you know, I still think we ought to, I think this is one of those things that we need to be very sparing with. Yeah. Like, it's got to be for a real big body of work or somebody that's just absolutely killing it right now or stinking it, stinking it up on the other side of things. Yeah, I agree. So you'll see it from time to time, but hopefully when it yep. does come up, it'll be entertaining. Absolutely. That's what we make the content for. All right. Yep. So, well, it looks like we reached the end of our episode six. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, by the time you listen to it, yeah. you'll be in the midst of it. Right between, yep. I believe. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we hope you're all having a decent holiday season. Um, this can also be like a really intense time of year. So, you know, if you're feeling weird about things, this, that, and the other, like, talk to a friend, you know? Yeah. Slow yeah. your roll. Sometimes doing nothing is the best thing. And, yeah. And also, you know, if you have time, play a few games. Enjoy time together. Yep. Don't trash talk games. too much. Don't trash talk too much. Don't put anyone through screen doors. But have fun. Nope. Yeah. Don't do those things. Don't kick joysticks. No. No. That's beneath you. Remember, we're here for you. Just uh, look us up. We're adults now. Yeah. Theoretically. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Please enjoy your happy holiday season. Um, if you yep. have enjoyed our podcast content, please do find our podcast ca- uh, page on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you if you would like, click on the subscribe button so you can be notified as soon as we have a new podcast available for your listening pleasure. Uh, you can also Did you find say us new or nude. So you can be notified as soon as we have a new podcast available. Um, uh, can it be both? <laughs> I mean, I suppose it could. Oh yeah, uh, I'll have to make preparations next time. But yeah, I guess that can be arranged. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, you I don't can... know if it makes the content better. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if we have webcams. But um, then right. we're gonna have to go through legal issues, I guess. But anyway, you can also find us on our social networks on Instagram and Twitter by searching for us under Oh God It H Z. Once again, Twitter and Instagram. Oh God, it's HZ. Any feedback, do reach out to us by email at our parent network account at ruminationsradio at gmail.com. So, James, where can we find you at? You can find me on Instagram at Super Barrio Cart with a K. Nice. And you and can where fi- are you good, sir? Oh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at GameAgentET. Yep, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening once again. We hope you'll keep listening. Uh, We hope you had a great uh, 2021. And we hope you will have a very great start to 2022. And we hope you will enjoy uh, playing more games next year, too. So thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.
yourself. Don't make me spew on my mic, dude. <laughs> you, you do that all the time. Ugh. I feel fresh.